Hello everyone, welcome to the Humans of James River. This is an extremely unique episode where you'll be hearing from two people instead of one. Today you'll be hearing from a set of 17-year-old twins who detail watching each other go through mental illness at the same time and how that's affected their relationship and family dynamic. This story is particularly special to me because Half of this twin set is the reason I ever told my story and my family's story in the first place. And I would not be where I am right now without them. This this podcast probably wouldn't even be a thing. Um, and I'm extremely grateful to both of them for sharing their stories. In order to give you a little bit more insight in how these twins have affected my family, um, my mom is going to do a special guest intro for them. Um, I hope you enjoy. So I don't think anybody has any idea of how difficult it is to tell your story and how difficult it is to cover up a secret that's been living inside of you for a really long time. When Ava asked me to tell one of these twins my story, I'm not going to lie, all I could think about was essentially myself and how people were going to at some point though I just couldn't think of myself and it was about the other person and I felt compelled to tell my story to her because I knew I had all this knowledge and I've been through it all and I knew I could reach her in some sort of way um the the bigger picture too is that I know that telling my story was more than just about this one instance and I see it now it's we're a whole group of people and we're all connected by our stories and we're all connected by these things that make us unique and whole and and I know we're scared to tell but at the same time you're free when you tell your stories you you learn about other people and they learn about you and and For the first time, I felt some sort of freedom in telling my story. You know, I always tell Ava that I want to leave this place in in a better shape than I came. This earth at some point in time. We all all think about our legacy and what we're going to leave. And up until now, I honestly didn't feel like I had much of a purpose because I didn't feel like I had much of a life. And the most incredible thing was because of this this story and I've made some huge changes in, in how I feel and what I do and I know that my purpose is to help people and change how people view mental illness and how people view other people that have a lot going on. Um, I just want to thank the twins in this podcast because Really, in telling their story, they actually help me more than they'll ever know. And and they're helping so many others by being brave. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you, Mom. And now you'll be hearing from a set of twins, um, two 17-year-olds, a boy and a girl. My story starts in eighth grade. Um, somewhere around early eighth grade. I don't really know exactly what point in time it started, but um, I didn't really think it was going to happen up until around, like, 
early eighth grade, I was just a normal kid. Like, I, I didn't really have any worries. I didn't care about anything. I kind of just, like, sat around and played Xbox and did whatever kids my age do. But I, I randomly, during the day, started to feel really down, like, really down and just sad. And you could tell towards the end. But in the beginning, I just kind of brushed it off as something that would happen to me at that age because, you know, I'm going through puberty. I'm in eighth grade, so, you know, my emotions are, like, changing. But it just persisted for a really long time, and so I was like, all right, something's wrong, and I became self-aware, but I didn't do anything about it for a really long time, which is a serious problem, and I think that people need to tackle a problem like that immediately, because if you get to the point where I got to, things can get really, like, dangerous for yourself, and, like, you can have some really weird thoughts so I, I would just recommend, like, when you start feeling that way, to talk to somebody immediately, because I never talk to anybody. But anyways, um, throughout eighth grade, um, I started to feel really, like, depressed at the end of the day. I would go home and do nothing, and, like, towards the end of the day, I'd kind of just sit there and not do my schoolwork or not do anything or just put my head down, and... Everything changed for me. I was listening to music that wasn't very happy. It was like like sad music, behavioral changes. And I think I just kind of let it go. I didn't tell anybody until I think ninth grade. That was when I really started to like think something was wrong. And in ninth grade, even then, I still kind of dismissed it. I was just like, yeah, it'll go away. But it, it never really did. And I think that's kind of a big problem because... Once I realized that it wasn't going away, I wasn't going to sit there and do nothing about it. So I started forming, like, coping habits where you would, where I would do something that was just, like, not in the ordinary to try to cope with it or act weird or just, you know, just things that normal people don't really, like, you wouldn't see somebody doing. And I think that that was part of it. Like, my behavior started to get pretty bad. I, I didn't really pay attention in class or do anything. And, yeah, so I started to talk to people about it around, I think, 10th grade. And it actually turned out I was on the wrong medication, too, which was making it, like, 10 times worse. So I, I got that taken care of. But I think um, my anxiety was pretty bad, too, because I would have, like, random, like, panic attacks that were sort of just in my head. Not really, like, you couldn't really tell I was having one, but I just stopped talking to people and kind of just, like, leave the scene and get kind of delirious in a way, and that's when I realized I, I really needed help, so eventually I talked to a doctor, and I got onto some medication that has really helped, and also, like, I exercise a lot, and in the beginning, the exercise really helped, like, it would just eliminate all anxiety and depression I had, but once I got into, like, such good shape, where I just, I, I was just in awesome shape, it just didn't work anymore. Like, the chemicals weren't released in my brain, so I started to get depressed again, stopped showing up to practices, like, would just go home and, like, lay down or something like that. And even then, I was still in pretty good shape, but, like, working out just wasn't doing it for me anymore. Nothing was helping, and I would just get really down and not talk to anyone. You said you were on the wrong medication. Can you tell a little bit more about that? Yeah, so... I have a lot of energy, and earlier in my life, my parents and, like, my teachers thought I had ADHD because I would never sit down, and I still never sit down, and I, I, I stay up really late, and I just have, like, boundless amounts of energy, and just, um, I get distracted really easily, so they thought I had ADHD, 
but part of my distraction was like anxiety problems and like worrying because I think my whole life I worried a lot but I didn't really think anything of it and it's just how I am so they were like uh we'll prescribe you I think the first medication I was on was uh, a medication called Vivance which is supposed to be like an upper in a way but it's a for me it was a downer like it made me really depressed so I came off of that and that was earlier in my life I was still like a normal kid and so I went on all of them and none of them really worked and we should have just taken that as a sign that, that it's like not the right medication but eventually they prescribed me Adderall and that would boost my ego and stuff and make me feel better about myself but in turn like eventually I just started to feel really bad. My heart was racing. I had racing thoughts all the time and just terrible anxiety. And, like, I don't think I – I rarely slept. Like, I could stay up for, like, maybe two days straight on that stuff. It's just terrible for you. And, like, the lack of sleep and just lack of, like I, – I didn't eat anything on it. I was really thin. Um, gave me really bad anxiety. So I was like, this is just not for me. So after about, I think – eight years of that and then finally realizing like I, I just stopped taking it slowly and I felt so much better but then after a certain period of time of not taking that then I really started to feel weird because my body wasn't used to the medication so my anxiety was like actually full force back so I had to go to the doctor and talk to the doctor about getting new medications and then he said and I also have um obsessive compulsive disorder tendencies which, for some reason, I don't know when, like, when that started because I wasn't always like that. But sometimes I get, like, extreme senses of, like, doom and anxiety. Like, something really bad is going to happen and it's going to be my fault. Probably something I did in the past. I don't know. But, um, so that started to happen, too. Like, this was more recently before I got on the medication, which was, I think, maybe two months ago. And I would just... My doctor said if it keeps happening, then I actually have to, like, talk to somebody about stronger medications. But that was another thing that really bothered me. Like, I always check my phone and, like, constantly, like, I just have a lot of energy, too. And I'm constantly scrolling up and down, making sure I didn't post something stupid, even though I know I didn't post it. Just, like, ridiculous things like that. So I think it can make you do some really weird things, too. Was there one moment or a time period that, made you realize that something was really wrong and that you needed to talk to somebody? Well, I thought it was normal and I was self-aware of it. So I was just like, once I became self-aware of what was actually happening and I figured it out, I was really happy. I was like, I figured this out myself. But then I realized something was really wrong, I think about three or four months ago when um, it had been gone for a while, like my problems. And then all of a sudden, slowly, it was like something was like, like a new weird feeling was starting to come up on me that's like anxiety I haven't felt before. And progressively, it was getting worse. And this time, there wasn't like any depression with it. It was just like severe anxiety. And I was self-aware of it. So I was like, what's going on? Because I'd already been through it for a long time by this point. I was like, something really isn't right this time. And I think about maybe two months ago, I started to feel like a disconnect from everything, like a really weird, like something really isn't right. I'm starting to disconnect from things. Like I don't feel like myself at all, you know, like almost like a, 
sense of depersonalization that comes with anxiety. So then I was like, okay, now I actually have to, like, it's not, this is not going away. I actually have to talk to a doctor and get on this medication. I was like, all right, I'm fine with that. And it makes me feel a lot better that I'm, that's what I'm doing. Whereas like before I was just like, I felt like there was nothing I could do about it. This has been a huge part of your life, and it's obviously had a huge hand in shaping the person that you are today. So can you give a little bit more information and explanation on how it's made you who you are? I think um, it has changed me a lot, in, like, into a st- like I'm more mentally strong, and I think it's kind of shaped my tastes in a way that, like, to do things, the things that make me happy more and, like, pay more attention to those, like, coping with that. Like, I I really like music, and I think that uh, that's had a really big influence on that, like, the type of music I listen to, like, what makes me feel better, and I just think, like, the way I behave has also been based off of that. Looking back at your life, and can you see, like, the change in your personality? Do you think that you're a different person than you were when you first started experiencing all these issues? Yeah, I'm a completely different person. I'm Well, my personality changed because of the medication thing in the beginning. But then, like, I was pretty shy in the beginning, but I started to care less, really, like, about, like, stupid things once I realized that there's much bigger problems that need to be focused on. So I think I really came out of my shell and... Like, I changed a lot and became more of, like, an extrovert than an introvert and other things like that. And I'm able to talk to people about real issues, whereas back then I just didn't really want to talk about anything. Now we'll be hearing from his sister. As his sister, did you know that he was going through this? And if you didn't know, how did it feel when you found out um, that he had been going through all of this? So I guess for all of my middle school, I just thought he was just introverted and he liked different things than I liked. And, you know, we weren't really close. And I just thought, you know, he does his own thing and I do my own thing. And I never, I just thought he was like a little bit introverted. I never really thought, oh, something's wrong. And I think... Because of that, I was a little bit, you know, not mean, but, like, I, like, picked on him some. Because, like, that's what you do with your siblings. Like, you pick on them. But, like, I didn't realize that, like, when you pick on someone who has, like, a mental illness, even if they're your sibling, it can, like, really affect them. So I think in middle school I picked a lot on him just because he was different from me and, like, I was not always the nicest person, but I think when I, you know, got a little bit older and in high school and I was more aware of, because my parents have obviously like told me at this point, like, yeah, he is going through something. And I think when I got into high school and I realized, you know, how I was truly like affecting his mental illness and like making it worse, I like then started to like take a step back and like realize that like he was seriously going through something hard and I guess it was hard for me to understand what he was going through until it happened to me because I was like how could someone feel that way like I've I can never even imagine feeling like that until that was me so I think the real changing point for me was 
one, going to high school and maturing, and two, the ultimate, like, climax, I guess you could say, was, like, when it happened to me, because then I, like, felt everything that he felt, but for a long time, I feel like I really just didn't understand, and I just, like, thought he was, like, being dramatic or something like that, but it's, like, actually, like, a really, really hard thing to deal with, and I guess I didn't realize that until it happened to me. I didn't fully realize that until it happened to me. So, um, you're talking about how, you know, something similar happened to you. Can you kind of tell that story about how you can relate? So, yeah, so, um, my story as it goes a little is long, long time built up and a lot of medications involved and also a lot of genetics involved. And, um, I guess for me, I had never, ever experienced any, like, bouts of anxiety or depression. I, like, was super extroverted in middle school and in high school, and it was very, like, sudden for me, so it was summer going into my junior year, and I had just gotten back from the beach, like, everything was okay, and I think there was this one moment when I, like, I woke up and I like went to TJ Maxx with my mom and there was this one moment that I'll never forget. I was like standing in the line at TJ Maxx and I was looking at the floor and I was just thinking like, what is the point of life? Like, what is the point? Like, what, why am I like, what, what am I here for? And I guess I was just kind of disturbed by that thought because, you know, those things have never come through my mind before. And So I remember that day I tried to go to, like, one of my best friend's house and, like, distract myself from these feelings. But no matter how much, like, tasks and chores and, like, friends I hung out with to try to distract myself, I couldn't, like, hide the fact of the way I was feeling. And for me, um, it progressed, like, really, really fast. Like, I would say within, like, four days, I was, like, completely a different person. Like, I couldn't. And it was so weird for me because I couldn't, like, pinpoint. It's not like it was situational. I couldn't pinpoint what had changed. Nothing had changed besides I had a chemical imbalance in my brain. And it was really hard for me to accept the fact that there was nothing causing this. And so I, like, searched for, like, a ton of answers. Like, my browser was just, like, on my phone was just, like, flooded with, like, all these questions and, like, looking for, like, I, like, diagnosed myself, like, a million times, and I think it was really hard for me because it would be so much easier if there was a situation that had made it tick, but there was nothing. I literally just woke up, and I was different, and so, like I was saying, like, within a week, I was, like, completely, like, gone. Like, this happened two weeks before the school year. Within one week of it happening, like, no sleep. I was getting, like, two hours of sleep max, crying all day, like, couldn't even look at my phone because, like, I just couldn't do anything besides stare at the wall, and, um, I guess it was really hard for my parents at first, not because, like, they didn't understand, but, like, it happened so abruptly that they were, like, well, what, like, you know, they almost thought, oh, this is in her head, or this is, you know, just her hormones, but, like, no, it was obviously something, like, so much greater than that, And so eventually like two weeks went by and I was basically getting no sleep, crying all day, couldn't see my friends, couldn't even like interact with anyone besides my parents. I couldn't take a shower. I wear the same clothes for 
three days, I was basically living in like hell. Like I was living like the worst like pain you can have. And, you know, I was so consumed by my pain that I think I honestly didn't know what to do. So like for those two weeks, I would just like walk around my neighborhood just aimlessly listening to music because like I seriously like could not be still and I could not like just lay in my bed and cry. Like even that was just like unsatisfying, like nothing was satisfying it. And so I think when I really hit like the low low was when I had already been like super like just like suicidal. Like I didn't want to die, but like I had like the feeling of, oh, like I know people feel like this when they kill themselves. Like they just feel so helpless and like you just feel like you're stuck inside your own thoughts and there's no way this can ever get better. Like how do you get better from here, you know? And um, I think like the changing point for me was it was the night before my junior year and I had been like talking with my therapist because I got a therapist in these past two weeks and um, she was saying like take a bath, um, don't use your phone, read a book. But I was at the point where I couldn't even read a book. I could not focus. All my summer work was like incompleted because I could not sit down and focus. I tried everything. I tried to draw to calm myself, but like nothing was working. So I laid down on my bed at about eight o'clock. And I guess that's when I realized I'm not falling asleep. Like my heart was beating a million miles per hour. And I like went downstairs and I told my parents and I was like, I'm not going to be able to sleep, so I don't know, like, what you guys can do for me, but, like, I felt so helpless in that moment. Like, I hadn't slept all weekend, and when you don't sleep, like, that's, like, a fundamental part of, like, your mental health, and so I was, like, hallucinating and stuff like that, and my parents also felt really helpless because they felt like, okay, well, it's only been two weeks. We've been doing everything we can. Like, we've set up doctor's appointments and stuff like that because I had, like, got my blood taken at um, the doctor to see if I had, like, thyroid issues or anything like that. And then I also had um, a meeting with my, like, pediatric doctor or whatever. And she had just told me, like, if it doesn't subside, we'll get you on medication and stuff. But I was on no medication. I had nothing to assist me. And so I think my parents felt really helpless, too, because they're like, okay, well, what are we supposed to do? Like, I was really adamant on going to... Tucker's which is like a psychiatric hospital near us but my parents like knew that that's not I I thought I wanted to go there because I thought it was going to be like quick fix and it, it that's not what it is and so my parents felt really helpless too that night so I guess my therapist gave my mom the idea of taking me to the hospital at the emergency room and giving me medication to sleep that night and so I went to the hospital they gave me um Ambien which is like kind of a dangerous medication. You can, like, wake up and, like, walk around and you won't know that you're, like, awake. And so I took the Ambien, got home at, like, 1 in the morning before the first day, slept until 4 in the morning, so I or 5 in the morning, so I slept for about 4 hours, got up, got ready for school, and it was literally the first day, September 5th, 2018. I will always remember the date. The first day of school was the worst day of my life and no one around me knew besides some of my close friends knew and my parents knew but I remember dodging into the bathrooms between like every class just crying my eyes out and like I remember having to explain to my APUS teacher that I couldn't complete my summer work 
because of what I was going through. And I just remember I like wanted to leave school so bad the whole day. I was texting my mom like crazy, like saying like, once I get out of school, we need to take me to Tucker's. Like I was seriously at my, like, this was like the worst like day of my entire life. And I think it was hard for everyone around me to understand that, my friends, because not a lot of them have suffered from mental illness. So it's a really lonely place to be when, you know, not a lot of my friends had suffered from it. Only like one or two had known someone or had suffered. And so I felt really, really lonely and I felt like no one understood me and I felt really disconnected. And, you know, I had to make it through that day because if I don't, I like disenroll. It's the first day of school, but it was literally the hardest day of my life. And then skipping to the second day of school, I like, well, right after the first day of school, I went to therapy and then I went to, um, my doctor's office and I sat in like the mental health office and I remember I was just crying and crying and crying and I remember um the lady didn't really know she'd never seen someone like me because she's only seen people that had situational depression and she never saw someone who just like overnight became like extremely depressed and anxious and like my anxiety was like my whole body was shaking and my heart was racing for like two weeks straight And so you feel like you're suffocating. And so I remember I was just sitting in her office the day after school or like the night of the first day of school. And I was like, I'm suffocating and I don't know why. And she just, I could see on her face, like the look of like, she just felt my pain. Like she knew. And so at this point she was like, okay, we need to start you on an antidepressant slash anti-anxiety medication. So she, we started me on Zoloft, which is an antidepressant. And, um, but she wanted to make sure it was like clear. So I got a psychiatrist and it's really crazy because usually it takes like months and months to get into psychiatrists because they're like so packed, especially like adolescent psychiatrists. And, um, my therapist made some calls and she was like, look, like this girl is like, like, this is, like, a 911 situation. Like, she needs to get into the psychiatrist. So the second day of school, didn't go. Went to the psychiatrist, got prescribed. Um, I got my Zoloft approved, and then I got hydroxine, which is, like, a less severe, like, it's not addictive form of, like, Xanax. So it's, like, a not addictive form of benzodiazepine. So it's supposed to, like, calm down your, like, beating chest, but it also makes you very drowsy. And... So that worked for a little while, but eventually we realized, you know, like this, this isn't working anymore. Like my anxiety was too strong for the hydroxine. So, um, I was prescribed Xanax and, um, I had to take three Xanax every day, one in the morning, one at lunchtime and one at the end of the, or no, one in the morning, one at the end of the school day, and then one before bed to help me sleep. And, you know, there's always the risk of that, of just getting addicted, which is like really scary addiction runs in my family and stuff like that. But, um, so I was still on the Zoloft and I went from 25 for about each time I upped it, I stayed on the medicine for like three weeks. So I went 25 and then I went 50 and then I went 75 and then I went 100 and then I went 115 and then I went 125 because every time I upped it, I had these like crazy side effects. I was dizzy, disconnected. I actually initially became more suicidal when I started it. So, um... Yeah, eventually I found that 125, like, worked for me, and I, like, weaned off the Xanax, but 
like this seems like super abrupt but this actually happened over like months like this is from September to January when I was upping and like testing medicines and like weaning off the Xanax so yeah you have obviously come to a very different place than you were at the beginning of junior year um even though you know the listeners don't know who you are I can tell you that she is light years different from the person that she once was. Um, So obviously this situation and this experience has had a huge effect on who you are. Can you elaborate on, you know, how exactly this has changed your life? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think even Ava knows that um, I was not always the nicest person. I was super selfish. I think I was really insecure and I you know used the people in my life and I kind of broke them down before this happened and I think that I was a really insecure girl and I just think overall you know I had a misperception of who I really was and I think that now going through this I think that I am so much more caring I am always the friend to ask, you know, are you okay? I think that I have helped other people with mental illnesses that I never thought I would become close with. I think that I've become a lot more compassionate towards my dad who suffers from mental illness and my brother who suffers from mental mental illness. I think that I just have this compassion inside of me that was, like, so lacking before, and I think I'm so... I mean, I still have my flaws, obviously, but I think that I'm so much more giving and loving and accepting than I was before, and yeah, so. So her brother had a pretty good idea of what was going on while it was going on. When her brother was going through um, what he was going through, she didn't really have a clue So it's kind of different in the sense that, you know, he did know what was going on. So from your perspective, how did what your sister was going through look like to you? And how did that kind of make you feel when you heard that she was going through something not the same, but similar to what you had gone through in the past? Well, to me, it looked pretty bad. I mean, I felt really bad. Like, I knew what was going on. And at the time, I was still, like, halfway in what was happening with me and still acting weird and behaving badly. So I kind of just looked at that and said, and I really feel bad about this, but I, I think I told her this at one point, I would be of no help because of the fact that I'm going through the same thing. I could talk to you about it, but my coping skills are really bad right now, and I'm trying to figure myself out and talk to somebody else before I give any advice to anyone else because, quite frankly, at the time, I didn't see myself. I didn't see it as, like, I was like, okay, so I'm still going through stuff. I have no idea what to do about it. Um, I'm behaving badly. I'm doing stuff I shouldn't. I'm just, like, I really think that I should figure myself out before I help anyone else because by that point, I was just like, I I need the help. So to me, I just felt like I wanted to do something about it to help out, but I just, like, I, I couldn't 
do anything about it. So that made me feel pretty bad. And like usually I would help, but for the sake of me being in like pretty bad condition too and starting to come out of it, I just thought one, it could probably make my problems worse because I don't really know what I'm doing with myself. And then if I think about it for too long and I have to think about what she's going through at the same time, that would be really difficult for me because I realized that she was going through some really hard things. And two, I was just still trying to work on self-improvement for myself. And I was just like, I think I should just let the professionals help her out because I really don't know what to do yet. Like, I, I just don't, I don't really have a clue what's wrong with me. So how can I help somebody else when I don't really know what's going on with myself? So, and I think that after the whole situation ended, then when I could actually do something about it, I felt a lot better when I could give advice and just, like, once I figured out everything and everything started to come together. So how do you think that affected your relationship when you both were at such, like, dark times in your life some of the hardest moments you probably ever experienced you were both experiencing at the same time so obviously that's probably not an easy place to be living an easy house an easy an easy dynamic between the two of you and probably for the rest of your family so how would you say that both of your situations had an impact on your relationship as siblings Well, I think later in the long run, it brought us closer because we both had a similar problem. Um, And then once I was able to help out, I think that really helped and like talk about it and communicate it and give advice. And like, I think that just brought us a lot closer. And I think that's basically the main factor of it. Would you say that you guys were close before or not really? Well, we kind of just did our own thing. We weren't that close. Like... I kind of just, like, walked to the beat of my own drum, and, like, I I didn't really pay much attention to anybody else. I kind of just, like, was just... I wouldn't say I was all about myself. I just, like... I didn't really take time to talk to, like, anybody that much. Yeah, you're my sister. I I didn't talk to her that much. I was like, yeah, you're my sister. Uh, We live in the same house. So, like, you know, hi. But (laughs) but I didn't really think much of it. I, I didn't really think to have very deep conversations. I was kind of just like, whatever. But now I realize I can have much deeper conversations with her and also other people about it. As his sister, how would you say that both of your situations affected your relationship? Um, I think before this happened to us, I think that we were just roommates. We were not connected at all. I don't think we had, we thought we had anything in common. We would hang out once a year on Christmas. That's it. And, um, and I think we were just really disconnected from each other. And I remember the specific, I think the changing point for us was, um, I was at the grocery store with my mom. This was like when I was in like the midst of like the storm, I guess. And, I remember I came inside, Noah was in the garage, and I just came to Noah, and I gave him, like, I'll never forget this, I gave him the biggest, oh. <laughs> I was at the grocery store with my mom, and I came inside, and I saw him, and I gave him the biggest hug ever, and I was like, I'm so sorry for everything that I did to you, like, in middle school and stuff, and I don't know how you ever survived this, because this is, like, the hardest thing I've ever been through, and he was like, uh, yeah, like, he didn't really know how to react, but that was when I 
knew our relationship would be changed forever because I now had the perspective. So I think that we've become a lot closer and I think that we can talk about things and I think that he trusts me more now. So obviously you guys are two out of four, one half of your family. Um, So that probably had a huge effect on your day-to-day life as a family, your relationship with your parents, you know, what the atmosphere like was like in your house. Um, so how would you say that the, these situations affected your family dynamic? Um, I would say it made the family stronger because one, you have more experience in things like that, mental illness. And two, it raised the self-awareness levels a lot higher. And with that, we could easily fix a lot more problems and help ourselves a lot easier. Like once you realize what is going on with you, you can go to the doctor and say, hey, I'm not feeling right. And I think everybody else understands each other's problems now. Um, I think that being in a house of four people that all are on antidepressants, all struggle from mental illness was a really great, you know, atmosphere to be in because we all understood what the other one was going through and for some people I know that they don't have that family that really understands what's like going on and so I just think that we're really lucky to have all four of us who can lean on each other for support. Would you say that you've become closer with your parents because of this? Um, 100%. My mom is the best person in my life. She was my rock in all of this. I slept with her every night for like two months and I'm 17 years old. I do not need to be sleeping with my mom, but I was. And for my dad, I think that me and my dad have had a lot of hitches in our relationship. And he also was my backbone in this. He, we have become, me and my dad had a really rough relationship and me and my dad have become so much closer because he helped me in like the midst of all of this immensely because he struggled his entire life with it. So I think I became a hundred percent. I think I became closer with my parents. I was pretty close to my parents in the first place, but I definitely became closer with my dad cause he really helped me. And around the end, my mom helped me a lot too. So I think I became closer with both my dad and my mom. How do you think going through this has changed your perspective on other people and what they go through? For me, no one, unless you knew me, like personally, I don't think anyone could have ever guessed this was going to happen to me. I mean, my personality is very outgoing, very loud, very bubbly. And I think that now I look around my school and I think, Every single person in school has a story, bigger, larger, smaller. It doesn't matter. Everyone has a story. Everyone has something they've struggled with. And I think that that really affects the way I treat people now because everyone has a different, something different to go home to and you just never know. So both of you have been through a lot in your life and obviously you've gained a lot of knowledge from it because the people you are today is something very different than the people that you used to be. So having been through this whole experience, is there any piece of advice that you would give the listeners in regards to mental illness or anything really? If you are having problems and 
you think you're suffering from mental illness or you're depressed or whatever your problem may be, get help and also talk to somebody because that helps a lot. And find somebody to talk to that will listen to you and give you good advice. My biggest advice would be um, speak up, tell your story. I've never had a problem. I'm one of the few that have never had a problem with telling my story and telling my circumstances and owning like who I am. So my biggest thing would be tell people, along with what my brother said, tell someone the way you feel because there is someone out there who's going to listen. It might not be the first person you tell, but there's someone out there and someone in your community or your school that is going to be, you know, someone you can lean on. And another piece of advice would be, um, this is really cliche, but always treat people like kindly because no matter who they are, you really never know what they have going on. And um, yeah. Thank you to my two speakers today. And thank you all for listening to this episode. This podcast is now available on Stitcher and is available on Apple Podcasts. I want to thank my sponsor, Laser Access, for making this podcast possible. And um, you guys can check them out on our website or at lasercreditaccess.com. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for listening.